I'm Linda Van Falkenberg. And I'm Ron Gore. And, and you're listening, listening to, to the, the Co Parent Academy, Academy Podcast. Podcast. Welcome, everybody. Today is our third week of getting back into some Reddit posts, our, our Reddit renaissance. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about visiting friends during the co-parents time. And this is something that really starts to come up once a child gets to the preteen to early teenage years. Um, it just is something that happens for all kids, but it gets a little bit more complicated when there's two households and there's different amount of parenting time. This is very true. And it's, it's another quite common thing that I hear from kids. I would say 10 or 11 and above. I wasn't surprised at this boy's uh, age because it, it really is. We used to think it would be 13, 14, something like that. And that's definitely kind of slid down. Yeah, for sure. And I think also because kids have a lot more um, connection with games and stuff like that. They're playing games online, right. talking with each other more. And I think a lot of their athletic teams are traveling more and right. having more practices. And so I think they're just with each other a lot more and it right. spills over. But let's see what this guy has to say. Or the late. Let's see. It's the mom. So the mom says, my oldest son is 11 and his friends are starting to want to do things like movie nights and game nights on weekends. Their dad currently has every other weekend with them. So I guess there's more than one child and lives about 45 minutes away. Dad works on a works a four on four off rotating schedule of 12 hour shifts. So he doesn't get to see them consistently, even when he has them on weekends. I'm looking for suggestions on how to approach these requests for my son going forward. He wants to go to his friends for a few hours for movie night, and he's really bummed because his whole friend group is getting together for it. This hasn't really been an issue before, so I don't know how to approach it. Their dad and I aren't really on good terms. He tends to not want to cooperate if I suggest any sort of schedule change. What do other parents do as your kids get older and want more freedom on weekends? Okay, two things I want to clarify. Did I hear every other weekend or every weekend? So every weekend, but not consistently because it sounds like his four-on-four-off rotating schedule will go into the weekends on occasions. Okay, gotcha. So is the child going on those times or he's staying with mom if his dad's working on a weekend? Doesn't say. Because sometimes that, that's a whole separate issue that I hear if the child is supposed to go, even if the parent's not there, and then the child feels like they're missing out on something they really wanted to do, either at the other house or that the other parent would have facilitated them doing with their friends, and they're just at dad's house with step parent or you know, step siblings or something like that. Yeah. And 45 minutes away. So that's a tough one as well. It is. Of course, around here, that's not so tough. That could be just sort of standard, but (laughs) but 45 minutes away and to the other. Yeah. 
Yeah. 45 minutes away in some places could be an hour and a half drive. Right. Or, oh, she says 45 minutes. So I guess it's 45. I'm going to take that out because that sounded stupid. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 <sighs> 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 All right. I'm a dummy. Okay. So let's see. First off, you're not going to get anywhere in your relationship with your kid by not allowing them to grow, mature, individuate, and start making some of these other friend groups. It's just going to backfire. Right. Because that is their, once again, developmental stages. Uh, That is his main job, uh, maturing, maturity wise to start developing that friend group outside of just being at school with them or on a sports team for an hour, you know, something like that. It it is a very uh, important rite of passage for kids to start spending appropriate individual time with their friends. Yeah. I mean, if dad were my client, my suggestion to him would be to kind of take it in stride to, um, to do what he can like he would probably be much he would much better enjoy the other day or two that he has the kid if he gives up one of those days if the child wants to spend time with their friends because the kid's going to be grateful he's going to have had his fill he didn't feel like he missed out and he's going to be in a much better mood for the time that you actually do have together i mean at this age they get close to spending a lot of time in their room anyway Right. And he may be able to make a deal with this kid. Say, hey, look, I get that you want to spend time with your friends, but I want to spend time with you, too. So here's the deal. I'm going to facilitate you spending time with your friends, even though it's on my time. But when you're with me, then we're hanging out together and spending time together doing things. And then that way we're both getting what's good for us and each other. Does that make sense? Exactly. And two things that are really important. Uh, if dad really doesn't have that much time during the week to be like with the child at school doing something or or at a, a practice of some sport or something to help out. He may not really know much of the child's uh, friend group or anything, and it's really important. I, I think that's one thing I see a lot of parents who don't have primary time with the child that they are really missing, they may not realize they're missing, is is knowing who uh, the child's best friend is or, you know, the the people that they like to hang out with at recess. You know, they just uh, aren't even paying attention to what those names are. And so it's very important for the dad, I would say, you know, let's just take a weekend that he does have him on a, Friday and Saturday night. If it's the old fashioned, you know, Friday at at six to Sunday at six, then, you know, Friday night might be the time that more kids are are doing that kind of thing. If that's the case, then, okay, you facilitate taking him to something. Uh, Maybe you hang out for part of that time with the other parents or maybe you, you know, because at that age, I don't know for sure if they're really leaving them there, but, you know, there are, are a lot of places that you go now that where it's kind of like, you know, the parents can either, you know, leave the kids for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour and, and 
go do whatever and come back and pick them up, or the parents can participate in another way at the same gym or or something, you know, and you can get to know the the parents of the other kids that your that your kid enjoys. Or you could take yeah. that you could take his best friend and, you know, the two of them go to Urban Air or whatever, you know. Right. And, um, you could get a chance to get to know that one child while he's in your car. Exactly. And even if like, even with uh, my own son and I'm still married as anyone who listens to us know, I remember, you know, taking him to a, like a junior high dance and waiting. Cause it, it was far enough away. It was like 40 minutes for some reason. It was in South, South Tulsa, almost North Dallas and sitting in the parking lot for an hour and a half because it didn't make sense to drive home and come back. And I just sat there on my phone and hanging out, listening to podcasts. And if you do it with a good attitude right. and your kid recognizes it and actually will appreciate it. Right. If you do it with a bad attitude, then you ruin your kid's time and and it just makes everything worse. So right. even if he's just going to take his kid to I mean, hopefully your plan, like to meet with the parents and do some other things would be great. But even if that's not possible, there's a lot of value in showing your child that you're very happy to take them to something and wait for them it's and that you love them enough to do that. Right. It's very important to you. And then you're quite available to talk about it on the way home. Right. Right. And then that's some of the best conversation time is sitting in the car and saying, well, you know, how did it go? What did y'all do? And just let your kid open up to you. That can be some of the best relationship time that you actually would have all weekend, potentially. Totally. And then the other thing is really important there that that I hear almost every child gripe about is that they are told by that parent that this is my parenting time and you have to be with me. Uh, you know, you can do the friend stuff when you're with your mother because she's got more time with you. Well, you know, a lot of that is weeknight time when nobody's going anywhere, having any fun. We're just getting ready for the next day at school or work. And so, you know, and, and that parent's really not getting to see them much. Um, or that parent that does have primary time with them may facilitate a lot of uh, the friend time on the weekends if they have them. And so they really don't do much just one-on-one with the child. And so the other parent frequently does not understand that or may not believe it. But the child will say, so I had to tell my friend I couldn't come to his birthday party or whatever because it was on my dad's time. And then we didn't wind up doing anything together the whole weekend. You know? Right. Dad was laying around watching a football game or something, and I was in my room, and, you know, we really didn't interact the entire weekend. And then it doesn't take very many of those kinds of situations for the kid to build up some serious resentment. Yep, and then you've reaped what you sow at that point. Yeah, and, you know, this happens a lot, too, when one parent moves out of the marital residence where the child has developed a friend group. Because usually that marital residence was closer to the school and they've had kids they've grown up with. Right. And one parent moves out and often it's a parent moving into a less nice home or an apartment as opposed to a home in the neighborhood. And it can be really hard for the parent who's moved out to sort of put their own feelings about it aside, not take it personally 
and realize that it's completely normal and appropriate for their child right. to want to do those things. Right. What, what really frustrates me is when the parent who had the luxury of staying in the marital residence and being in that same neighborhood with friends and kids um, tries to take advantage and say, oh, well, they don't even want to be at your house. They like to be at my house. Or they try to tell the court that and ask for a modification or some sort of uh, advantage in the custody proceeding. That irritates me to no end as the attorney in the case or as a guardian ad litem, because it just shows a complete misunderstanding of the developmental needs of the kid. And it also just shows a willingness to take a really unfair advantage over the other parent based on a circumstance that probably was not one of their choosing. Right. And I am shocked when a parent, uh, for example, if it were the dad in this situation, makes a choice to uproot and move closer to where uh, the child is to better facilitate that back and forth. I mean, that is just not feasible financially or any other way in a lot of cases. But once in a while, I hear of one of those. And it's just that is way above and beyond. Uh, oh, for sure. Doing that. And right now with the interest rates the way they are, people are so stuck. Right in their homes and it's driving the rental prices up and it's just, it gets even more complicated. And it's kind of like, I have the same feeling about that, especially now with the difficulty with refinancing or getting into rentals um, that I had during COVID when parents were taking advantage of COVID issues. Right. It just is so unfair. And I think it's just so uh, small when parents do that. And so, and, you know, folks can avoid doing that and focus on what their kid needs. I think that would be a whole lot better. Definitely. Also, I thought it was really interesting that mom was willing to give up her weekends, you know, because weekends are special times, like you pointed out, you know, like weekends are when there might be a fair or, you know, you could go to the things that you can't do, like you said, during the week, right. whether the kid's in school or you're working. You know, for all we know, maybe mom works on weekends, but if not, she really is taking one for the team there to try to facilitate dad's schedule. So I imagine this post is really made in good faith if she was by agreement willing to give up her weekends and she doesn't work the weekends. That's why I was clarifying if I heard that right at the beginning, because that is yeah. pretty rare for that to happen. For sure. It's not something that I think a judge would order just because... Weekends are special and things you can do things on weekends with kids that you can't do other times. So, right. But I tell you, especially at 11, kids are very much, even though, yes, they're supposed to be forming these friendships uh, and spending more time doing social thing with friends, but any, almost any child that would have a parent that would plan something interesting, doesn't have to be expensive, just very interesting, and on par with what the kid is interested in right then, um, something to really do one-on-one with the kid on the weekend. I'm not saying the whole time, just, you know, at least set aside a time for there to be uh, something interesting, even just playing a game with the child at home, because I know you've talked about doing that with your son. And, it, you know, if if you had some sort of tournament going on where, you know, you were keeping score as to who's winning ever how many games or something, you know, it's yeah. something that the child would look forward to having uh, that competition 
uh, reignited on the weekends there. Especially if you let them beat you once in a while. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, that is it for today's uh, Reddit post. We have one more left and uh, the one for next week is uh, a bit of a darker tone, unfortunately. It's how to move on when your abuser is a co-parent. And we're going to be using this last Reddit post next week as sort of an introduction to a series that we have planned uh, coming up for December, which is uh, dealing with issues of abuse in co-parenting. There's just so much to talk about in that area from so many different angles that we're going to take several episodes to sort of dig into it. Uh, And I want to put out our first call for any sort of feedback or suggestions that you have. This topic is one that's really uh, emotional and difficult for folks on all sides. And so as we're getting ready and putting this series together, uh, please let us know if there are any specific questions or concepts that you want us to consider. We'd be happy to, to go over it. If anyone wants to come on to the podcast and have a conversation with us about it, please let us know that as well. We would always welcome a guest, uh, either the person who unfortunately was the uh, person who was abused or the person who was the abuser. Uh, We would be open to talking with anyone to get your point of view about the situation. All right. Thank you and hope you have a fantastic week. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to leave questions, comments, or concerns, please email podcast at coparentacademy.com. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen.